everybody and welcome back to the KX podcast. Hi Nick, how are you doing? Doing good, thanks. It's great to be back after a good summer break and raring to go. Yeah, I think it's that thing's happened again, you know, where September comes and the kids go back to school. And so the weather, of course, is now wonderful now that you can't enjoy it because we're all back in the office. <laughs> Absolutely. A peak temperature today predicted of 27 degrees. <laughs> so unfair. I know, I know. I'm sure we can get out later. So I'm really excited about what we're talking about today, the perils of planting. And I guess it probably seems a bit of an odd thing for us to talk about when for the last year or so, probably even longer than that, we have talked about planting new expressions of church and particularly talking about micro planting and planting in those smaller numbers of two to six. So why is it that you want to talk about the perils of planting today? Yeah, it does seem a bit counterintuitive, Jen, I agree. And I think it's it's this is driven by a number of different things. One is that anything has perils, you know, whether mm-hmm. you are crossing the road, flying to the moon, you know, whatever it might be, there are perils, there are dangers, there are pitfalls. So it's always good to be on the lookout for those. Satan is always ready to trip us up if we're not alert to his schemes. Mm-hmm. Paul said that to the Corinthians, don't be unaware of the schemes of the enemy. So we need to be uh, on the lookout and to, able to avoid the, the perhaps some of the obvious pitfalls. But I'm also motivated around this because I think Coming out of lockdown, there are a number of people who are sort of drifting into uh, it's they wouldn't say, yeah, we're going to plant a new expression of church, but that's kind of their background thinking. They're kind of drifting away from regular church attendance and they're just thinking, well, we're just going to meet with our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll do something in our home and, you know, we'll, we'll just hope that something evolves from that. So I'm kind of wanting to address those folks as much as anything else but also those who are in this this whole new phase we've got a microplanting and the you know the chrysalis learning community uh, forum that's just about to kick off for teams that are microplanting which is very exciting but let's let's be realistic about some of the pitfalls and uh, be ready for them yeah i think lots of us have seen that haven't we where friends are perhaps thinking We'll just do something with our family. We'll maybe just do something with our neighbours rather than going back to a, I guess, a Sunday service or gathered service on whatever day of the week you decided to have that. I think there's some of that is about, you know, having enjoyed the freedom of family together and brunches and all that sort of thing, that sort of weekend lifestyle. And other people, because they really do want to invest in their missional communities, mid-site groups, whatever it is that that looks like. And I think there is a, there's always a tension there, isn't there, with those two sort of ways of looking at it. And I always think as much as I love the scattered church, I think God has something so amazing for us when we gather together. I think that's where we get to see the fullness of the expression of God's people. We get to worship together. We get to experience those amazing gifts that he has. We get to learn things that we wouldn't learn if we were on our own or isolated from the group. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it is always about the why we do it, isn't it? Rather than the what that we're doing. And that's the bit we really need to get hold of. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you, Jen. And, and of course, just, just for the sake of clarity, you know, we know there are plenty of other kinds of planting, you know, resource churches, planting churches, yeah. and, uh, you know, and even, you know, back to our more sort of traditional, horrible word, that traditional, but I'll use, use it anyway, a traditional uh, missional communities planting new missional communities, communities yeah. uh, which is a, a, a much more sort of, I would say, cumbersome way of doing things rather than the micro planting, which I think is more 
niche and nimble and flexible and adaptable and probably going to be much more successful. Um, so there are lots of other types of planting, but we're not really talking about those today. Uh, they may have their own pitfalls, but we're really focusing on the microplants and what you might call the unintentional plants of, <laughs> of people who just start up to do something organic and see what happens. And see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, Nick, what are the pitfalls that we need to be wary of? Okay. So, I think there are several. Uh, I'm going to highlight just three today, and they probably revolve around the the thought that both microplants and particularly the unintentional plants uh, have a have a higher degree of autonomy mm-hmm. than you know, most groups that currently exist. So most groups that are part of an existing church, missional communities, for example, you know, they they are well connected, they're accountable, they're having input to them. The microplants, we're deliberately wanting them to have greater autonomy. And if you're an unintentional plant, then clearly, you know, you've really cut yourself off and you're kind of just doing your own thing. So massive autonomy there. So I think the dangers generally revolve around the degree of autonomy that people are expecting or exploring and I, so the first one would be the most obvious one uh, i think it's a, a lack of mission focus you know it's not something new to us but um e- even in our existing small groups existing missional communities it's a problem because where we we set out often with a really good mission focus but it doesn't last mm. <laughs> um so the lack of mission focus which i think is so critical for everything that is being planted needs to be both clear it needs to be compelling and it needs to be uh, agreed upon by all the people in in the group who are planting. Uh, you know, we know up in and out is foundational to everything that we do. That out dimension, so easily lost. You know, we often use the image of a, you know, a pond that has life in it, needs to have a, an input to it and an outflow to it. Otherwise, it becomes stagnant and it stinks. Mm. Um, you know, that's true of church groups that have no outlet. You know, we are... You know, if we go back to the Abrahamic uh, covenant, we're blessed to be a blessing. You know, that's an outflow from the life of any group of believers who are connecting together. I read this great quote, actually. Um, it's uh, sent to me by a friend on, uh, on a WhatsApp message the other day. And it's a quote from uh, The Wild Goose Chase by Mark Batterson. And it just, to me, highlights the danger of just becoming inward looking or focused on sort of some kind of spirituality experience together. So up up and in perhaps at, at their best, but lacking in the out. And this is the quote. The author says, but I do want to die doing what I love. I'm determined to pursue God-ordained passions until the day I die. Life is too precious to settle for anything less. And we don't really start living until we find something worth dying for. Ironically, Discovering something worth dying for is what makes life worth living. And although that doesn't specifically talk about an out dimension or a, um, an expression of mission, most of us find that sense of that compelling reason for being and following Jesus in the call that he's placed on our life to reach out to others in one form or another and the place in which he's set us and the group of people to which he sends us. So, uh, I, I think that's the first one, Jen. It's the lack of mission focus. Yeah, yeah I think that's something that lots of us will um, recognise, isn't it? From being parts of churches, missional communities, your church in the house, whatever it is, that when we 
lose that focus on mission that we tend to revert back to that sort of cozy comfortable space of up and in and we're taking care of each other but after a while as you said it becomes stagnant doesn't it it loses passion and we get bored actually don't we because we're made for purpose aren't we we're made to be um a people that share the good gift of the gospel that god has for us so i could totally understand how um that would stagnate a small you know new expression of you know, doing something together out in the community, whether that's in your home or whatever. So if mission's our first thing, Nick, what's the next thing that we need to be thinking about? Well, the second thing, uh, Jen, I think is leadership. No, lack of leadership is a pitfall um, or an unwillingness to embrace the need for leadership, Mm. particularly because small groups are very organic in the way they operate, you know, particularly small teams or groups of friends that are just hanging out together. Nobody really wants someone telling them what to do. Um, you know, we're all in this together. We're kind of exploring the way forward. We're listening to the Lord. And uh, that's fine. That's fine up to a point. But unless we are willing to recognize both the need for leadership and identify those who have leadership gifts, uh, the group will never grow beyond a certain point. And, any, you know, however organic we are hoping our expression of church will be, we know that organic things, healthy organic things grow. If they don't grow, they're dying. And so with growth comes increase in size and complexity and the need to review and find ways forward and overcome obstacles, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that requires the gifts of leadership. So it's about recognizing that, saying that's okay. In fact, not only is it okay, it's good. It's God-ordained. The passages that speak about the body of Christ include gifts of leadership in those passages in Scripture. And so it's really important that we allow those gifts to emerge, recognize them, submit to them as we do to all other gifts. You know, if someone's got a gift of prophecy, we submit to their gift. But if someone has a gift of leadership, we want to submit to their gift too and allow them, or those particularly if it's a group that are emerging with leadership gift, to allow them to lead and to take us forward so that the group can continue to grow healthily. Yeah, I think sometimes we probably make the mistake, don't we, of thinking that either because our group is small or because we all have the same generalized vision of what we want to do, that maybe we don't need a leader. But I guess, you know, our small expressions of church families are just that, they're families, and families have headship, and the body of Christ has headship in Jesus Christ, don't we? Somebody needs yeah. to lead, don't they? Yeah, it's modeled there. Yeah, it's modeled. I don't think it's modeled because it works, and it's really hard to... Um, follow a vision that's owned by a like collective group of people rather than having somebody who's able to spearhead because you need somebody that's going to call you back to it don't you You need someone who will call you back and remind you of what it is we're here for and I think that sometimes our lack of wanting to lead is because lots of us don't really like the word and we don't like I guess what it seems that it entails, but really leadership is an opportunity to serve the body of Christ, isn't it? It is first and foremost service to brothers and sisters. It's not about having somebody telling you what to do, where to go, what to wear, whatever else it may be. It isn't about that. It's about seeing that there are people who are, have the gifts that are able to both serve and administrate. I think I kind of liken it to having a family. I have three children, but when I only had one child, I did a lot less organizing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I did a lot less having to figure out different needs of people because I only had one child. 
Now I have three. So with three kids, I've got actually there's a lot more leadership needed. I'm having to think yeah. about their, you know, their competing needs at times, yeah. the figuring out what to do in each season for each different child. So it does come with size and growth. It comes with size and growth. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. The, the bigger you get, the need for leadership increases. And I think the other thing that it does that we sometimes don't think about is that it actually provides security for those who are coming with us. Yeah. Actually, people don't like to be in situations where no one's in charge. Yeah, it's true. not nice. <laughs> it makes us feel uncomfortable. We don't feel particularly safe in those spaces. And, you know, we know that there are times when you actually do need somebody who's going to be like, no, the book stops here. Yeah. This is what we believe. This is what we're going to do. It helps us to build security and it means then as we grow and as we multiply, we're seeding leadership into all of those things, aren't we? Making yep. sure that as it continues to grow, there are new leaders that we can train and send out into new expressions all of the time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's vital. Totally, yeah. Totally agree with you, Jen. A friend of mine um, who was a mentor for a number of years used to have this little phrase. He said, no leadership, no future. <laughs> and I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yes. I'd say I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, okay. So we've done mission leadership what is the third pitfall that we need to be looking out for the third pitfall might not be as immediately obvious but i think it is equally important which is a disconnect from the fivefold ministry of apest apostle prophet evangelist shepherd and teacher mm. um the reason for it is really it's rooted in scripture it's in ephesians 4 where it talks about the importance of these gifts in the body of christ maturing growing up in all aspects being built up, coming to the full stature of Christ. These are all phrases used in that verse in Ephesians 4. And if our expression of church that we're planting is ever going to come to maturity and be something that could be thought of as, you know, representing the full stature of Christ, then it's got to have involvement with and input from and engagement with the apest ministry gifts. So I think that's vital, Jen. Yeah, I guess it's quite unlikely, isn't it, that if you are planting in a group of sort of like two to sixes, a real, you know, actual micro planting, that you would have a full complement of those APES gifts, isn't it? Um, it's actually too small to do that. So how how do people stay connected with those wider gifts? Yeah, that, I'm so glad you asked that question, Jen, because that highlights a really important point, which we'll touch on a bit more in a moment. But it's it's the importance of connecting to something bigger because yes a small group it may have an embryo you know some of those gifts probably quite immature expressions of them probably not able to give the kind of shaping directing um you know significant input to the group as it's evolving but by being connected to a bigger expression of church you know and i'm not saying exactly what that connection has to be um, but some kind of connection that is meaningful where there are mature expressions of those that fivefold ministry, and there is the opportunity to have the influence and the input of mm. those gifts, then I think that group, that small group, that emerging group, that planting, that micro plant, whatever we, we call it, I think has a, a better, much better chance of reaching maturity, growing, multiplying, uh, and becoming all that God wants it to be. Yeah. So what happens when we, yeah, I guess when we don't have those easily accessible those gifts in full maturity what might a plant then look like if it never reaches if it never reaches maturity if it never has those mature gifts what does that pitfall look like worked out on the ground well if we think about it in terms of all of those three things you know mission focus 
leadership as well as APES gives. Mm-hmm. I think a lack of any or all of them are, is ultimately going to lead to the group or the plant fizzling out. It's going to implode. It will lack any sense of purpose or drive or direction. Uh, it won't be able to to grow and multiply. It won't be able to um, identify you know the next steps or the way forward. Uh, and ultimately, it will implode. It will fizzle out and. You know, it may last even a couple of years, two or three years, and happily sort of tick over or bumble along in a sort of happy way, but it's not going anywhere. And ultimately, the people in it will say, do you know what? Not really sure why we're doing this anymore. Let's yeah. let's call it a day. Or it'll implode in a more dramatic way. But one way or another, it, it will end. And here's the thing, Jen, that really upsets me, and I've seen it over the years on a number of occasions. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast on the pitfalls, because I think you know, that in itself is sad when that happens, when a group yeah. fizzles out or implodes. But there actually are potentially much more significant and even disastrous consequences for this, if you follow through on this this course. And and what, what I've seen happen on numbers of occasions is that people who end up, their groups end up failing or, or falling or just fizzling out, and people who are then then end up disconnecting from church completely yeah. because they've lost confidence or faith in church. It's not a long journey before some of them will end up losing confidence in their faith and their beliefs, and they actually end up losing their faith. I've seen that on numbers of occasions when people disconnect from church. Um, and, you know, even sadder than that, well, I don't know what's sadder than losing your faith, but Beyond that point, uh, that often leads to the breakup of marriages because the glue of faith and the the glue of Jesus in the middle of a marriage is gone. The marriages tend to fall apart. That leads to so much um, stress and anxiety. And and ultimately, I've I've seen a number of people over the years just get sick, mentally sick, physically sick. And I've even seen some people who I think have died prematurely long before was you know God's intended plan for them just because of that they've not really seen th- or thought through the long term consequences mm. of the actions they're taking and that's why I feel so passionate about this 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 thing about connecting you know with the body of Christ connecting with the bigger expressions of church uh, for the health and life of small groups yeah I couldn't agree more Nick um, and and I'd agree I have I've seen those similar things happen when people disconnect from church and it is usually because something unfortunately disastrous has happened in one of those pitfalls along the way and for most of us we find it hard to separate maybe that was just this one expression of church from the whole body of Christ don't we and so um I think it's something that we have to take really really seriously so we've talked about the pitfalls of lack of mission and lack of leadership and, and lack of an expression and mature expression of the fivefold. So what's the best way that we've got of avoiding those pitfalls, Nick? Well, it, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty obvious, really, is that we stay connected to a bigger expression of church that does have those things that can help us develop those things. So, mm. you know, being part of a church that has a real, um, you know, the Great Commission at its very heart uh, will well, that will rub off on all of the small expressions of church that's yeah. connected to it. They will in, instinctively think about their own missional calling and vision. You know, where there's good and godly leadership in that bigger expression, they will help to, you know, raise up and identify emerging leaders from those small groups, from those plants or prior to those plants to put leaders in place. And they will also be a, a resource of, of APEST gifts that 
those small groups can draw on as and when needed and as is appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? When we are, it's that thing about being stronger together, isn't it? That when we are together as the body of Christ, we mm. really do get to be part of an expression that really is full, isn't it? And it it moves itself towards completion. I think I don't think I could really manage without ever having gathered with mm. other Christians. I think I'd just miss them, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'd miss it. I definitely would. I think I, I would miss it. Um, I'd, I'd miss the opportunities that it brings. So, Nick, what are our top three? takeaways from today so i think there are a, a number of thoughts some are obvious i think the first thing is to recognize that you know there will be some expressions of uh church that are much more network based um and that you know they they don't have a big gathered expression of church on a regular basis to which they are always going to be a part mm. but they do have if you like the, the central operating system, um, you know, that Brian Sanders, for example, in Microchurch is, talks about. So there's a, a, a whole way of supporting the, that network of smaller groups of smaller churches, house yeah. churches. We do actually have some of those in KX family, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have some network churches. And I think, although some of them have Sunday services, uh, they're really trying to be that network. They're saying the church is really the network of small groups. Yes. What we do on a Sunday is kind of, secondary to that yeah. important but secondary so I, I think you know even when we're talking about network churches uh it's still important that we we figure out what are the central support systems that are needed to to make sure those those scattered groups are healthy and can grow so the three takeaways i think i would say is you know obviously you know do respond to the planting vision you know we're we're talking a lot about planting but micro planting is on the agenda <laughs> yeah you know, we've got this launch coming up in a week or so's time uh, and uh, you know we want to see loads and loads more microplanting with with increasing levels of appropriate autonomy, yes. so they can really be what God's calling them to be. Um, but I think my my takeaways, my my big takeaways, don't cut yourself off from the wider body of Christ, a, a bigger expression of church to which you specifically connect as a group. And I think um, refuse to refuse to go it alone. Refuse to. Be that group that says we can manage by ourselves. Don't think you're smarter than everybody else. <laughs> Don't think you can buck, buck the biblical basis for church. So stay connected. And the three things would be get support. Make sure you have an accountability within that context and look for meaningful connection that allows that flow of, of gifting, of advice, of support, et cetera, to take place. So support, accountability and connection. Make sure they're working well for you. And I think you will probably do. I'm sure you will do really, really well. Yeah. And we recognize that it's all an evolving dynamic. You know, you don't set this thing up in concrete from day one. Uh, you say, yes, we need connection. What does that look like in this season, in this phase? You know, you review it. You further down the road, you say, well, what's the need? How does connection look now? What do we need for now? You know, how is accountability working out now? What support do we need for now? So it's it's something that's constantly reviewed and evolving. But I would say those three things are really, really important, Jen. And I think, you know, we will see an amazing release of microplants or whatever you want to call them, mm. new small expressions of church, plantings with teams of two to six people, you know, planting themselves in new communities of non-believers, building authentic relationships with them, seeing people come to faith and building new expressions of church with those folks. 
And I think it's going to be really, really exciting. I couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> looking Amen. forward to it. Amen. And looking forward to hearing the stories about how people are working that out and being able to share those with the rest of the KX family. So, Nick, thank you so much for today. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And we will be back soon. Take care. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye.